What's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of the Average Money Podcast. Not going to lie, you can't see us, but since JJ's been here and we're not doing the video recordings while he's here, camera issues, that's on me, but we've been tr- sitting in different parts of my house just enjoying the podcast, and we just had a really long, exciting, fun weekend that we kind of, I guess if you heard last week's episode, we talked about you getting here, and I guess maybe this is the follow-up, but not so much about the weekend that we had, but just the money talks that we had. And they are a little different when we're in person than when we're just chatting via text or whatever. If this is your new, this is your first time listening to the podcast, my name is Brad Finn. I'm joined here, usually on Zoom, but in New York for, for today, JJ Buckner. We have a couple things that we, uh, we talking points. We don't know exactly where it's going to go, but we, we're going to bring some value, right, JJ? I prefer uh, to be known now as Master Fisherman. You were a pretty... Hang on. No, I got something better. You were a pretty good seaman this weekend. <laughs> there we go. JJ says, I am man. I leave house. I kill animals. I bring it home. I eat it. I feed family. <laughs> My father-in-law was like, dinner. <laughs> yeah, that was funny. So we got to, I guess... We can explain. Yeah, yeah, it was good. It was you, a good time. You're man. a fisherman. You're also... You're also tan again, quote, quote unquote, <laughs> oh tan again. God. Too much time in the sun. Too much time you passed out. It ain't red today. Passed out with your shoes off. Did pass out. That salty air, man. That'll yeah. get you. Friday we got in. We did some work. We recorded an episode, which isn't out. This one will come out. This one will come out probably after it. And then, um, yeah, I took you out. Took you out to what we would consider the country here on Long Island, like if if we have a country. But last week was a big week for me, dude. You know, experimenting the the things. You know, I kind of talked about on last episode. Uh, it was also a big eye opener for some things too. Like, you know, I don't want to make this sound like I'm hurting or whatever. Or not maybe not that, but just like when you come off a, a high and maybe this is a, a struggle with somebody who doesn't has like a variable income every month when you're coming off some highs of income wise and you do a dr- drastic drop you really start to notice like oh i haven't been paying attention to how much i'm spending as as i thought i was well th- there's two things i want to talk about there maybe we should discuss for a second like the difference between having a variable income mhm Maybe you're a seasonal worker. Maybe you own your own business and things like that. Versus, you know, having a steady source. Because one of the reasons I'm not stressing like you are in this particular time on YouTube is because I have a fixed income. Like, even if YouTube went to zero, my lifestyle would have to change or maybe talk some lifestyle creepy mm-hmm. in this episode. But I have that... St- is it different? Because you went from having, you went from having steady income, even though it was lower, right? Yeah. Where do you think that balance is between between having a smaller salary but it being regular and knowing it's always going to be there, as opposed to a fickle one like yours that has high higher than the highest highs you could have ever imagined, but then in literally a month, and this isn't just YouTube, this could be anything. Mm-hmm. I have waiter, I have friends that are bartenders that the last year has been pretty intense on them. Yeah. I think the biggest scare is for me is not necessarily the amounts that come in, but more of like, well, what? it's more of like keeping the income coming in. 
more than anything. Because, like, to be honest, man, like, if I knew for a fact that YouTube, let's just for random numbers, let's say I know YouTube will never go below $3,000 a month total. I know that I would be completely fine Mm -hmm. because I can live off $3,000 a month if I need to. Mm -hmm. And I can adjust my lifestyle accordingly. The scary part or like the tough part comes is like, oh, well, what happens if this goes to like $500 a month for four months in a row? Right. Right. Now, granted, I have an emergency fund. I know I could live, you know, I know my financial setup and if, if I can make it for six months or eight months or however long I need to, you know, in case we were in some down times or whatever. Mm-hmm. But the fact is it's still happening even though I do have that emergency fund or if it was getting to that point where it was so low, that's where I'm like, crap, now what do I got to do? Yeah, and it shows just a, a complete difference in lifestyle as well because we talk budgeting, yeah. we talk emergency funds, we've talked at length about you paying your mortgage off when it wasn't mathematically and financially the best thing to do. But you have to make personal finance decisions according to your income, right? Like yeah, I think I mean, the consistency is what because like I said, the mortgage thing again, I don't want I don't have the need or the feeling psychologically yeah. that I don't need that bill right now where you did. Yes. Right? Where I can make certain decisions or I can budget for certain things because I know literally if YouTube went to zero, my teaching career is my only income. Yeah. I know to the cent how much money I am going to bring in between now mm-hmm. and and essentially forever. So I can I get to I guess I don't have to take so many precautions. Yeah. Like I invest my emergency fund. Right. Even though it's in VTI and it's but like if I had a variable income, I don't know if I'd do that. I don't. I keep cash. Right. But I think the consistency, like you mentioned though, is important because I've always said on this podcast, Lindsay and I used to budget every month. Right. Now we just kind of look at our credit card statements and we know because we put literally everything on our credit card because we have I don't think we have any bills that we don't pay that's not on a credit card besides maybe our water bill. And just to be clear, you you pay them off. You do this because you like reward points. Correct, yeah. We you never, don't pay interest. never right? pay interest on right, our credit right, cards. Okay. So we pay them off at the end of the month. But what we're noticing is they've they've been getting higher, but our income was also a lot higher. So we were okay with it. And we were still putting money away. We had plenty of money going into savings. But now that we've had this, I mean, drastic change and income going lower, now it's like, okay, we need to we need to get our new foundation set. Mm-hmm. We need to have a budget meeting that we haven't had in months. When's the last time you did like sit down and have a budget? Probably, oh, like an actual budget budget with like me, Lindsay and I going over it. Yeah, like or I mean, I'm sure you guys probably similar to my wife and I how we kind of talk at the beginning of the month about things that might come up, weddings, birthday parties, if we're going to have a barbecue or a party, things like that. But early on, and I think it's super important, and I wish I knew it should take somebody six or seven months of doing it regularly to Mm -hmm. get it right because I was so mad at myself early when I started budgeting. In the beginning, it was like a, hey, let's schedule a time. Let's sit down. Let's get the spreadsheet. Did you guys ever... Like go through your expenses, where you can do cutting, or was it always just kind of casual for you? Yeah, we we never really had a, like a big budget meeting planned. 
Um, we would do like, so this is more probably pre kids. Mm-hmm. We would do like date nights where, cause now our date nights are very much, you know, they're, uh, we look forward to them and we, we, we don't get as many as we did pre kids, but whenever we had like, cause usually I would be the guy who would plug in the numbers and see like how much we spent on going out to eat, how much Lindsay spent on Starbucks, how much we spent on gas, you know, so on and so forth. So I would know every month where we were at in each, in each category. So then if it, something looked unusual or if we spent real heavy in some category, which usually was going out to eat and date nights, I'd had to tell Lindsay, it's like, Hey, uh, did budget at work the other day. Just mean a heads up, you know, we probably shouldn't be putting as much on the credit cards or going out to eat this month to kind of make up for the month that we went over, mm-hmm. you know, the previous month. So that's, you know, that was a while ago. I'll be honest with you. But you guys almost had a reactive budget. Just what do you mean? All right. So we have a proactive where we think about how much money are we going to make this month? Okay. And these are the target amounts that we want to hit in each one of the categories, whatever those categories are. And then you get paid throughout the month and you do that where you were doing it like after the fact. Yeah. Right. And the month was going on and then you said, okay, let's pump the brakes moving forward to recover. Yes. And that's just what worked best for you. I mean, yeah. I'm sure you can argue both ways. For sure. And yeah, that's exactly what we did because we knew overall, no matter how much we were spending in what category, yeah. it was just that overall total balance that I was fixed on. Yeah. See, and that's, I've got frustrated with myself. When you do it in the beginning of the month, you might get mad at yourself and feel like a failure. Well, yeah. Cause well, not only that, something could pop up in seven days <laughs> and on that seventh day, you're like, well, crap, I already blew past that budget. Yeah. And then you're stressing about that to where me. I just fit. Cause I used, I'd done that before too, but I like this way a lot better. Right. Is I thought to myself, oh, okay, well I'll just keep an eye on the overall balance. And then I can go back and kind of look and see where, where we are spending so much. And if I do need to cut back one month, I know I can cut at this highest category we have being, you know, going out to eat. Yeah, this is, there's so many different ways to put it's, it. Yeah, it's not, but the to kind of bring this back to what you were saying though, with like that inconsistent of income. Yeah. Now that we've gone so long with not having a typical, so to say, budget, but I would always just know what we would, you know, I knew a percentage of what I wanted going out to pay the credit cards off at the end of the month versus what I had coming in. Okay. So I knew I wanted to stay within that percentage. So now that we're start, you know, we came off these big highs we've had at the beginning of the year and you know even before the beginning of the year last year in 2020 we we spent a little more because when you when youtube's good it's good yeah it is yeah so we 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 did we spent a little more now we were still being you know responsible but now that i've had a drastic am i even saying that right drastic drastic um sudden yeah a sudden drop of income I mean, I literally told you today, I was like, Lindsay and I are going to have to sit down and we're going to have to have a little talk. Right. And we got to figure out how we're going to structure these next couple months budget-wise, which will mean a little bit more getting down to the nitty-gritty old Lindsay and JJ ways of budgeting just to just to make sure we're going to be okay. And we will be okay. I got to reiterate that because we got money and stuff and savings, but I want to try and make this happen by living off income. Right, because my goal is to never touch that emergency fund. Exactly, never touch it. Yeah, because when I'm at that level, then I'm telling myself, okay, I need to do some something extra here. Did what's the timeline where you're thinking like you were 
probably spending a little bit more or the budget was over. And like, how long will that have to go on for you to say, Hey wifey, we have to sit down and we have to talk. Is that like a monthly thing or has it been last three months before you went to Hawaii? Cause like, I won't push the panic button that like, yeah, it's gotta be. And we were talking about my current, we we're talking about lifestyle creep essentially. And I think there's a difference between living your life and allowing like lifestyle creep to happen without you knowing or acknowledging it. And if you never heard this phrase, lifestyle creep, it means as you make more money, you should continue to live the same lifestyle, right? If you've been living with one car and in a pretty nice place and your income tripled, well, your nice car is still a nice car. You like shouldn't have three cars just because you're making three times the amount of money. That's lifestyle creep. And I mean, the human nature in us is always to, tr- is, to upgrade our life, I think, as we can, regardless of our income. Like, yes, income allows us to upgrade a couple things, but I think lifestyle creep can be really, really bad if you don't acknowledge it and understand it, and you also like don't talk about it. Like, if you uh, avoid it, like my wife and I, we know that we spend so much money over the summer. We essentially there are two summer months of like. I wouldn't say it's the whole rest of the year. Like the two months doesn't equal the next 10, but pretty, it's pretty close. And we just know that about ourselves, you know? And because of that, we have emergency fund. Well, not an emergency. We have a summer fund where throughout the 10 months of the year, we put a couple bucks aside in a savings account. And we know that we are reckless. I mean, you guys have fun. It's va- it's your vacation time. You, I mean, we haven't eaten a meal that was less than two hundred dollars in oh, three days. What. <laughs> we, you said this. We've literally been eating like kings while we've been out here, and J- it's so every place I go to in New York, I haven't had bad food yet. JJ had a forty five dollar lobster roll that was on like a potato bun, hamburger bun. It was amazing. I'll tell you what, though, man. I think I was more impressed with the mussels. We did, mu- yep. You never. Did, I've never had them. You never did steamed mussels, and for all the mussel eaters, we did white. We didn't go marinara on this one. We did white wine, vinegar, yeah. and garlic. You had a crab cake. Ooh, that was really good. The and the cow are not the the crab strips, clam strips, clam strips. Yeah, those are everything we had was amazing. Dude, you've had filet mignon. Yeah, that was good. <laughs> we went to steak tartare. Oh no, steak tartare. Tell, we need to tell them about the pork belly that we cut with a butter knife. <laughs> We, I literally, guys, what I had to do is like, you know when you set on a good piece of meat and you set the butter knife on the meat and the yeah. weight from the butter knife cuts through it? Yep. That's when you know you got a good piece of meat. Yeah, my buddy uh, just opened a steakhouse that he's been trying to open for years. So shout out to King's Chop House. They didn't yeah. sponsor it. We, it was, pay, we paid. We definitely paid. <laughs> we paid. But hey, when your buddy opens a new restaurant- You support him. You want to go pay and yeah. And he, I think he gave us that steak tartare. Yeah, he did. I've never had steak tartare before. And the the pickled scallions or whatever oh, that was. Gosh. And then Bert, the best bartender on Long Island, comes out and Ooh, that was solid. We get to order off the menu. Well, you got tequila, I got gin. So speaking of lifestyle creep. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's tr- so anyway, yeah. What I wanted to say was That's lifestyle creep right there. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Well, and you get but all, hey, real quick though, you, once you experiment that and or experience that, you it's like, oh, that was really fun. Oh, yeah. that was really good. I want to do that again. First class flights are dope. That was amazing and very comfortable. And <laughs> I wasn't shoulder to shoulder to some random stranger. Yeah. But we know after summer, we know that 
September and October and probably November, our lifestyle is going to be significantly different. Now, it works into our lifestyle because that's when we go back to work. So life slows down for us. It starts to get cold, wintry and fall here. And so everything, it it just kind of goes hand in hand. And we pretty much save up for Christmas all year long. So the Christmas isn't really an expense for us. But we really get to go for it. But we know that. Yeah, you're planning for it. Right. So do you... I don't eat filet mignon during the school year. I don't go to... I don't eat market value seafood Mm -hmm. during the school year. There There would... not not birthdays, not anniversaries, nothing. Like I'm back to beans and rice, but that's like the sacrifice I make. It's almost like a savings where I save throughout the year. I know I'm going to spend X amount. So it's definitely, I don't know, but that's what I wanted to ask you. Like is me as a teacher that just quote overspends on things we don't overspend on. Is that lifestyle creep or is that just like reckless spending? Like what we've been doing the last two days. Reckless spending or Mm. lifestyle creep? I got to say it's a little bit of both. Yeah. Because us having the higher income or, you know, experiencing higher income, Mm -hmm. that kind of leads, I feel like, to being more comfortable with having reckless spending. Right. Which in return leads to financial creep. Because the more you do it, the more comfortable you get to like, oh, I could do that again. No problem. And And then it becomes a habit. And this is also a great way to showcase the two types of people that have problems with money. Some people need the lifestyle, need the increased income to be able to go out and have filet mignon. Yeah. So, uh, there's so many people struggling financially with money. Yeah. And they're worried. They, they're thinking, how am I going to pay my bills? How am I going to do this? You know, and we talk to those people all the time, you know, and there are some parts of our lives where some of us might have been there. But then you have like the other side, the people that make money, but don't even, they can't even put a, like a value to money. If they had a month where their income went away, they would struggle to get by. Yeah. That's, that's when you think about that for a second. There are so many people around here that make so much money, but they live at the, they, their bottom line is the same as their top Mm -hmm. line. You know, so it's like... Well, isn't it like 70-something percent of Americans can't afford a $1,000 expense? If right. It, like without... Or a $1,000 emergency, emergency expense. Without going into debt. That's scary. Yeah. And I, I never realized... I always knew like what we put the word like poor. Like, but I never realized that r- people that have good incomes are sometimes in... I would say most of the time even worse with money. Yeah, or in worse shape too. They just hide it because they got all this nice stuff in the fa- and that nice income. We were doing that at the marina. Yeah. We're looking at people's boats, and we're like, "Does that does that guy's boat so he can show his friends he has a boat and he's mm-hmm. literally underwater, or is that guy a big big shot and maybe can afford that with his Pay income cash for it?" And, and you could always and the, you see like the different lengths of the boats, and then it goes from a boat to a yacht and you're like, okay, there's that guy. Yeah. <laughs> there's probably a little yeah. bit of a difference, yeah. but I always spent money because I always knew that there was money coming in. And that's not to like, that's just the way I grew up. I always worked. I always had a job. I, I would ne- I never personally, to be honest, I never really struggled with money as far as, am I going to be able to have income coming in? Well, this brings up a good point too, though, because this also meaning lifestyle creep and, and, and reckless spending, but I also am a component of saying and believer of 
you do need to enjoy yourself. Right. You know, like we're, we're, we're about fire. We're about financial independence and becoming financially free. We're fat fire. <laughs> we are definitely fat fire because I want to enjoy the process of getting there. Like I did the whole like beans and rice, not going to, not doing anything, not having much fun for paying off my debt. What you should be doing while you're paying off your yeah. debt. Yes. And to think about doing that for a longer period of time, just so I can retire early, knowing I'm still probably going to be working during that I'm financially set up is I, I, for my opinion, I would say spend a little more, enjoy yourself because as I'm finding out, like I, I would say this, if this was one year in the fire, JJ, like, you know, I'm gazelle intense. I'm ready to get there. I probably would disagree with the statement. I really would. Yeah, me too. But as I'm older, as I've experienced more of life, look at you in your thirties. <laughs> seriously though, dude, <laughs> I feel like lately I've 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 seen a lot of uh, people that I know at a young age dying young mm-hmm. dying early, and then I think to myself I'm like, okay, what I if I let's say I got some bad news and I figure I got cancer and I'm gonna be, you know, dying in the next few years or so. Would I want to know that maybe I was gonna hit that fire point three years and then I'm, I'm done and then that's life, or do I want to try and still get to that fire point? It may be a couple more years, but I'm going to I'm gonna have a little bit more fun while doing it. You know, I'm going to take vacations. I'm not going to go 10 years without taking a vacation just because I want to hit fire. I'm going to put this a lot less morbidly. Okay. <laughs> Was I a little too direct? <laughs> no. But mine's just as emo. Yeah. The way I think about this spending and kind of like to summarize what you said, and here's how I've been justifying more things to myself lately. Because- it's so cliche and it makes me sick to my stomach when we're like, five years ago, I had a completely different mindset. But I, I think we were saying it so because we know we have listeners in the 16 to 18 to 25. We have mm-hmm. the full spectrum. And you might be listening to this at 25 and being like, no way. But here's how I've been justifying things. And this, go, and this is the umbrella over your whole trip coming here. There is no doubt in my mind that the day we had yesterday, I am going to forget in my lifetime. For sure. I don't see a way. Unfortunately, even if I something happened and we ended up hating each other's guts, Mm -hmm. I'm still going to remember it. Mm -hmm. Like that yesterday is ingrained in my head like a bad Mm ex-girlfriend. Like I'm never going to forget it. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And when you were down in the dumps... And you needed joy and you needed refreshing. And I'm like, vitamin D, sunshine, the beach, good food, good friends, good drinks. Like, I was like, I have that to offer. And you were, and you're like, Brad, can't justify the price. Mm -hmm. And I said, don't even tell me what it is. If it's going to make you happy, that's all that matters to me. You'll find us an ad deal and make up the money if you really need to. (laughs) Like we had to think short-term mental health. Yeah. So that's one. Short-term, you cannot put a price on it. Seems cliche as well. Can't put a price on it. Now to some levels, like maybe. If your flight was 10 grand, no. Yeah, be a little different. But that expensive, quote-unquote expensive flight, and we're talking about a couple hundred bucks, 800 bucks, 900. Was it under 1,000? For me to fly higher? Yeah. Yeah, it was 400 and something. 450? Oh, 450. It dropped because it was, I booked it last minute. So 450? And then we had a couple expensive dinners. Yeah. But 
we had a time that over time, the money we paid is the value of that money is going to go to zero. And the memory and the stories with our kids and things like that, that unfortunately we're probably going to talk to our kids about this. Yeah. It was that good of a time, that good of a time when you needed that good of a time, Mm -hmm. the money's not going to matter. And that's how I think about summer because a lot of my overindulgences that happen in the summertime are memory based. Like my overindulgence in cannolis. Oh, you had too many. I had way too many. You had that cannoli was for a family of four. <laughs> and you ate that whole cannoli. It's for a family of four. <laughs> plus another plus another smaller one. It said family family cannoli. Family. cannoli. Yeah, family package. I deal. said, dude, I don't really eat cannolis. He goes, No, I'm gonna take this down. <laughs> it was so good. But a lot of them are memory based. Yeah, they are. You know, and Maybe not the restaurants and things we deal with, but like trips and travel and things mm-hmm. like that. And I think food's an experience for sure. Do, I've I always remember a very good meal I've had. I'll remember that meal on the water, looking at the boats, having the amazing seafood. And Tara and I don't eat like that. Yeah, that's why my in laws are like, "You're going to Claudio's." Mm-hmm. I'm like, because it's an expensive meal that I walk by with my wife in my regular life and knowing expenses, and say that's a huge want for us, not a need. And I'd rather sacrifice that want for another want. Yeah. But then when we walk by with you and now it becomes an experience and a memory, like that was the first time I ever ate there as well. Oh yeah. And I've been going there my whole life. Yeah. yeah I'm not, dude, I'm not spending $50 on a lobster sandwich. That's true. But if I spend $50 on a lobster sandwich and another $50 on another one, I've always wanted to try. We cut it three ways mm-hmm. and we all get to have a little taste of everything. Yep. Now it's not just a $200 meal. Now it's an experience. Yeah. And that's what it comes down to really like I was getting at is we talk about this budgeting. We talk about everything and and spending money and we talk about, you know, is it really worth it? You know, instead of you could put that money back into your savings account or back into your investing account is it, it, I guess it really comes down to what's the money going towards. Right. If you get to the end of the month and you're spending all your money and you're like, what the hell did I do this month? Where'd my money go to? That's I think that's a little different. At the end of the summer, I know where I know where most of my money went. Yeah, I'm and, mad at myself, and I'm like, oh damn. It. But you had a good time doing it, right? That's the, what I mean. The like, point I'm making is like on everyday life, like a typical, you know, uh, month of February for Brad and Tara. If you guys get to the end of the month and you've just spent everything, but you didn't have the experiences that we've talked about, I feel like that's the scary part of like lifestyle creep is you don't know the money's going out if you're not tracking it. You don't know that you're spending more but not saving more at the same time while that lifestyle creep is happening. Yeah. And we struggled with it a lot too with just doing the kitchen and the bathroom. Yeah. And uh, there was a couple things that kept us from things getting out of control. Like we went over budget just because things came up. But we sat down before this happened and before we did this and said, here are the amenities that we want. Here's the amenities we don't think. Here are the upgrades that we're not going to need. Like for countertops, you can spend, you could spend this and you could spend 10 X that cabinets. The What was the quality that we were looking for? We want, we didn't want the, I'm flipping a house and I'm never going to live here quality, but we didn't need, I live on in the Hamptons in a million dollar home where if 
if I think if lifestyle creep was really coming in, like you said, we weren't tracking it and thinking about it, it'd be very easy in the moment to go, oh man, we're going top of the line. Granite. It looks good. And then you go back, you're like, oh, I have a little extra money in the bank. I'm going to have these countertops for 50 years. And you start to talk yourself into it. And that, that little devil on your shoulder is really the creep. And that happens in moments of spontaneity. I've heard like, like quotes all the time, like, um, spontaneous spending is the greatest detriment to personal finance. And I think a lot of spontaneous spending happens in a moment of lifestyle creep. Oh man, I just got a stimulus check. What can I buy? Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh, it's black Friday. You know, everything's on sale. What can I buy? Oh, it's a, my, I can get a new car. I got a new raise at work or what, whatever. I think when we don't think about it and we just go spontaneously, that's when the lifestyle creep really hits us. So, We've talked about this. We've talked about, you know, getting raises and spending money, not knowing about it, not knowing you're having lifestyle creep. How does, how can someone prevent it from happening? How can somebody stop themselves and say, hey, I'm going to either keep an eye on this to know it's not going to happen. Or if they notice it after hearing this episode and they're like, oh, maybe, maybe I should be going back and looking at that. How would you say, or how would you and Tara start about preventing that from happening again or for preventing that from happening even more i think communication as far we that's why i kind of like the budget in the beginning of the month kind of thing like i just said we sat down and we didn't really say like we can spend this on cabinets we can spend this because there was a quality that we were looking for and we really didn't know i mean we had an idea but we knew taking the cabinets we knew that we said we didn't want the best we didn't want the worst let's we're going to tell the guy we want kind of middle of the middle of the line And then we'd get the prices from there and then we'd say, okay, we knew what the big expenses were going to be and we kind of trickled it down. Like we got our quote for the cabinets first, then we got the quote for the tile work and and we kind of worked our way down and things that we, the the wants that we had at the bottom of the list, every time the top end of that budget went up, we had to chop a want off the bottom of the list. And I think that communication is one. I think knowing the difference between upgrading to increase the quality of your life and upgrading because you want people to see it or you want to post it on Instagram or like, does it really bring you value? Like I just, if you're 26 years old and you've been driving around the same exact car that your parents gave you when you were 15, 16 years old and you've been saving up and it's time for you to get a new car and you don't want to drive a freaking beater. You want to get maybe a three-year car right after depreciation. F it. Maybe you want to get a new car and you have a pretty good down payment mm-hmm. and you, it's manageable for you. And you want to know that for the next six years, every time you turn the key, well, now it's every time you push the button, yeah. that car is going to go on. I don't have a problem with that. But like, if you're driving around in a pretty good car, and this is the conversation that my wife and I had when our lease was up with the RAV4, after three years, we were in a position where we could have gotten her a new car. We could have brought back that lease, gave it back to them. We didn't. We were under on all the miles, and we could have went out and got a much nicer quote car than she had. But we didn't need to upgrade that in our life, mm-hmm. and that was months of communication. It was r- literally to the day where we're in the dealership communicate. We test drove Teslas. We did everything because we were going to get the model. Why we could do that? But I think the communication that we had. Do you really hate this RAV4? Is it safe? Is it reliable? Mm-hmm. Is it good for the kids? Is there storage? Yes, yes, yes. Well, we've made a list of things that make us happy. And on the flip side, when we do want to overindulge, we ask ourselves, what is the value in this? 
Because if we didn't, the three of us didn't talk about this with my wife being here, your wife's not, but going, if we went upstairs and we were like, Tara, why did we spend 200 bucks on lunch yesterday? She wouldn't say, you know, because we really wanted steamed mussels. She wouldn't say because it was on the business card as a right. Like she wouldn't say those things. She would say, JJ was in town. We've always wanted to get it. It was great. She would say the same things mm-hmm. because my wife and I communicate our values. Yeah. No, that makes sense. And not freaking out when it happens. It's yeah. going to happen. Yeah. So many times I beat myself up with budgeting and things like that. Guys, shit happens. Well, this leads to, to what I was about to ask then is, do you think there's some sort of like unspoken rule in the fire community that you're like never supposed to have lifestyle creep? You have to live this very modest life to be able to reach fire and that's it. And if you don't do that, you're not part of the fire movement. Like, Oh God, there's, is there the fire police out there? That's what I mean. You know, yeah. like, which is, I think why they came up with this lean fire, fat fire, like barista fire. Yeah, like, I think at the end of the day, the more you save, mm-hmm. the faster you will be at a number at which you can retire. Yeah. The lower your expenses are, the faster you will be at a number where you can quote retire and your investments will pay for your lifestyle. Which and I guess it determines on the lifestyle you're living currently will determine how you want to set those savings goals up. Because yeah. if I would take JJ now, right. I don't need to save up as much as I would have if I was JJ three years ago in a job that I completely hated, lost sleep about, and was not enjoying that time of my life at all. Me- meaning the time I'm at my job. I was enjoying my life outside of work, but being at work, I was a lot more motivated to hit fire that much faster Yeah. to where now I'm still very much motivated to hit fire because I'm in more of a risky position of for work. But I'm also like, man, I like, I like what I'm doing right now. This, this lifestyle I'm currently living, I don't care to, you know, get there as fast, which in return, I guess goes to why you're stressed out about working on YouTube. Yeah. And, and, and we'll also having the, the money coming in and, 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 and maybe thinking about lifestyle creep or whatever, because I'm enjoying where I'm at right now. I feel like a lot of the people in fire stem from being in a place they don't like. Yeah. To where if you're going toward working towards fire, but being in a current place that you absolutely love and you wouldn't change if you were fire, I feel like your urgency to get there right. is more towards being like the safe route financially than being able to change your lifestyle, which I think will change things dramatically. Dramatically. Because I yeah, because I think things will change it dramatically. <laughs> dramatically depending on that type of mindset you're in. Absolutely. It's funny how you mentioned the job and I there'll be a video eventually, but I can't believe how much I thought that I, like I had to, I had to retire from teaching to validate my personal finance journey, mm-hmm. or to be a member of the fire community. I had to not be teaching, and it it all comes around when you're paying off debt. Your life should probably not be that cool. Like you shouldn't be miserable, but life should be boring for one. I th- yeah, I agree. While you're paying off debt, like. Because that, even to this day, I'll say, was the greatest thing I ever did for my personal finance journey. Forget my investing, my side hustles, paying off debt. I'm still going to, I'm saying, you got to, life's going to suck. Yeah. But when you're going for fire or FI, life shouldn't suck. 
Life should be kind of cool. Yes. You have to make your cool meter because once you get out of debt, number one, you're in a very, very small group of individuals financially in this mm-hmm. country. You're winning. If you, when you have no consumer debt, you're winning already. And there was, there was such a part of me that still felt like I like wasn't doing the right thing. Maybe it was because I was around all these people and I'm, I'm getting, watching what other people are doing. But life should not suck when you're pursuing financial independence. You have to decide how much you hate your job and want to get away from it. That might speed things up. Or maybe you're just a kind of a boring, simple person. Like, that's okay being boring. I think my brother Gerard would consider himself pretty boring, but his life is awesome mm-hmm. the way I see it. Yeah. You know, so maybe you could just live that. Or maybe you want to tell yourself, like I tell myself, my yearly expense is probably going to be 80 grand a year as long as I live here. And do I want to, do I want to have my expenses be half that at 40K and live that lifestyle? Or do I want to be, do I want to feel like I can impress Instagram and live for 120K a year? Mm-hmm. No, I found that balance of 80K, which is what makes my, my life is pretty, I'm very, very blessed. I'm having a great time. I could cut things in my life and, and really be able to write a blog post about how frugal I am. I could do it. I, I mean, I'm still wearing t-shirts that were paid or given to me. I can do that, but man. I want to just live a little bit and the way you spend is just it's just changing the timeline like you mentioned that's all yeah i think a lot of people struggle with that though man because i struggled with that too even when i was so focused on just getting to fire is having that happy medium of enjoyment and and trying to to reach a goal yeah you know you can still have fun you can still take vacations like and people that mock it like somebody could write a meme about you being here like JJ goes to New York and spends fifteen hundred dollars. Yeah. Phi date set back three months. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. And was it worth it? Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. You know. For phi, phi date set back eight weeks. <laughs> you know, like yeah. yeah. It it I mean, really to sum everything up, man, in my opinion, as far as with the lifestyle creep portion, just I think it really comes down to paying attention. If you don't, if you slack on not watching what you're spending, and I'm not saying budget every month, right? Just have an idea of what your overall spending is for the month, for each month, and then what and what works for you, and in order to be able to have still have a higher savings rate than normal, and you can find that happy medium, and then when it comes to fire and pursuing fire, it's more of, and it's like a when you start a business or like if you're an entrepreneur, enjoy the process, be patient. And don't get so caught up in just getting there. Yeah, frankly, I think goal number one and really the only important goal is spend less than you made that month. Yeah. In my opinion, if you get there, you had a you had a successful month. Agreed. Everything else is more sprinkles and cherries on top. All right, save ten percent. Great job. One but- scoop. I save twenty percent. You got two scoops. You have the same bowl of ice cream as the person that saved ten percent. Yeah. But you have two scoops and they have one. Great for you. I agree, man. Big time. And try to hit a new goal if you want. If you felt comfortable hitting those yeah. that amount, maybe Takes step months. it up. Yeah. Years. Yep. But lifestyle creep is real, but I guess this is one of those things that we're finding out like through value and time spent. It's like if you make some more money, you have some more options. You know, was it you that sent me that meme? It was like, uh, 
do I want to live poor and happy or rich and sad? And the guy points out and he's crying as he's getting on the cruise <laughs> yes, ship. I, yeah. You know, like it's okay to spend and the fire police are going to come after you, but yeah, sometimes you just need to have a lobster roll. Some that's, that's, a, that's a slogan right there. Sometimes you just, sometimes need, you just need to have a lobster roll. Quick update on the, speaking of lobster rolls. That's not really, but it's not about lobster rolls. <laughs> Quick update on the challenge. It might be over. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> We'll find out tomorrow. We will find out probably tomorrow. Um, yeah, the uh, I saw a duplex pop up in the KC market and looked at checked numbers real quick. It checked out all right and talked to my realtor and asked her about the area and she was pretty familiar because I'm not this area that we're that this duplex is in. I'm not too familiar with. Okay. I know a little bit about it, but not too much. And she said it's in a good area, decent area, and yeah, we'll see what happens. If it ended, I think you'd win. I think you're up. I don't know. I'd have to check. Options values will be out in the morning. Yeah. Lifestyle creep's okay, man. Yeah. Just just watch it. Don't let it get out of hand. It can it could snowball just like yeah. anything else. Yeah, just be careful with it. Or plan it. Exactly. Plan like the month of August. Here's a, here's a pile of money. I'm going for it. Yep. And then the whole rest of the year, save up for August. Mm-hmm. Like tomorrow's Christmas in July. Like we we spend more money in July and August than we do on Christmas easily. See, we're more of a sprinkle throughout the year type. Yes, yeah. We just go. We're full tilt summer. Yeah, I'm full. Well, I guess when you hire a teacher, it makes sense. Yeah, we we talked early in the summer how my goal is to like forget what day, yeah, week and time it is. I only know it's Christmas in July because the neighbors put out Christmas decorations because they're weirdos <laughs> they're weirdos i was like oh must be almost july 25th but i forgot what day it was All right, buddy. anything else you want to say not until the next one uh hope everybody's taking care and thanks for listening yeah appreciate it big time get we, into get into the discord in the facebook group and join uh, the community yeah let it let let us know what's going on with you what are you splurging on yeah exactly i do have a quick a little announcement we should be close to having a fully functioning website any day now. Yeah. Um, it'll just be average money podcast.com. We'll have kind of all of the average money community in one place. Yeah. It'll be resources. And we're also thinking about blogging using a ghostwriter. So yeah. if you listen to the podcast yeah, good. and you and have pretty good writing skills and you want to summarize this in a pretty, Pretty standard size blog post and help us out. Reach we out might, to us. We might be able to get you on the payroll. Yep. For very little right now, but maybe a lot yeah. more later. Yeah. You got to grow with us. <laughs> <laughs> we'll take you out for we'll a bring you roll. on. Yeah. We'll bring you on for a lobster roll, but hopefully a year or two down the road, you, you're uh, getting a few more. And we are growing. That goes for anybody. Like, yeah. We uh, had a voicemail that's going to be coming up soon, but. Audio engineer. If yeah. You, if you know how to edit a freaking podcast. Yep. <laughs> All right, guys. Until we catch you on the next one, I think we might go eat some lunch and maybe we'll record another, but until we catch you on this one, guys, take care.